Hello everyone and welcome to the Rogers Brief. I'm Adam Rogers and I want to wish everybody a happy new year and uh, wish you all the best in 2022. This is going to be a big year for the Rogers Brief, certainly with the Mass Casualty Commission hearings uh, scheduled to start later this month. Uh, as we await for the hearings to start, and uh, I must say I'm a little bit concerned that there will be further delays in the start based on the uh, state of the coronavirus and the Omicron uh, variant here in Nova Scotia. Certainly it's been uh, just announced today that uh, provincial courts are delaying in-person hearings uh, for a few weeks. Jury trials have also been uh, delayed in Nova Scotia, so we'll see how that affects things. Uh, the Desmond Inquiry uh, was supposed to restart on January 10th. That's been pushed back to the 24th now, so uh, we'll see how this affects things. But uh, in the meantime, I did want to give you some uh, content. Uh, there's couple of reports that have already been issued that cover some of the ground that is certainly going to be covered in the Mass Casualty Commission hearings and uh, these are uh, have been done so far in the form of uh, serious incident response team reports. Uh, serious incident response team is uh, CERT, S-I-R-T, and that's an organization in Nova Scotia that's been around since 2010 and it examines situations where officers use their firearms or use force uh, to determine if that was done properly, if there's any discipline uh, that is recommended against the officer. So in the, um, in the shooting that took place on April 18th and 19th of uh, 2020, uh, there were two such incidents. One took place at the Onslow Fire Hall, uh, which is near Truro, between Portapec and Truro, and the other, of course, was the, the final moments at the uh, big stop in Enfield. So there are two uh, reports. The Onslow report was issued just this year, February 26, 2021. Uh, the report from the big stop was issued in uh, December of 2020. So what is the Serious Incident Response Team? Well, maybe I'll start there. Uh, this uh, is, as I said, uh, an organization, it's civilian-led, that investigates police conduct. Uh, it was initially led by Ron McDonald, uh, QC, who's a lawyer out of Anakinish, a prosecutor, uh, who's now moved on to the same job essentially in British Columbia. Uh, Ron was a friend of mine, a mentor and a colleague in Anakinish, and a lot of respect for him uh, and the job he did with CERT when that was uh, just getting it off the ground. It's now led by retired Supreme Court Justice uh, Felix Cacchioni. Uh, Justice Cacchioni was on the bench for over 30 years. Uh, before that, uh, he had developed a very good reputation as a lawyer, including uh, representing Donald Marshall Jr. Uh, you know, for a time. Uh, I knew Justice Cacchioni, uh, haven't appeared in front of him uh, for a trial, but I was in a trial of sorts, which was during law school. I volunteered to be the accused. A friend of mine had asked me who was taking tr criminal trial practice with Justice Cacchioni's uh, wife, uh, Judge Barbara Beach, if I would volunteer to be the accused, uh, which was a, a fun experience in its own way. Uh, Justice Cacchioni was the judge and we did a full-on um, mock trial with uh, the students being taking turns being lawyers and in fact we had journalism students there as well covering it so it was quite a quite a thing and I uh, got to meet Justice Cacchioni and have a lot of respect for him over the years so uh, having said all that there are some problems with these two reports and some contradictions that I think will uh, need to be resolved during the Mass Casualty Commission hearings uh, 
So today I'm going to talk about the uh, report dealing with the Onslow Fire Hall. And in a couple of days I'll uh, issue another video and blog piece talking about uh, the uh, big stop in Enfield and the final moments of the, uh, the situation last year. So the Onslow Fire Hall, uh, just to orient ourselves, uh, is between port pic and Truro. It's closer to Truro, but on the old uh, highway going through there. It's a large building, three-bay garage and a large uh, center otherwise. And uh, this was being used actually the morning of the 19th of April last year as a warming center or a gathering center for those evacuees from Porta Peak. And uh, so what happened, the very basics of it, was that an RCMP, uh, two RCMP officers in a vehicle, an unmarked Nissan Altima, stopped outside the Onslow Fire Hall, looked in, saw a marked police cruiser and a person standing next to it wearing a reflective vest. Uh, they thought that that was the killer, uh, Gabriel Wartman, and opened fire on the person. Uh, they uh, fortunately, as it turned out, didn't hit the person because it wasn't uh, Gabriel Wartman, it was another uh, police officer. And in fact, there was an EMO officer standing next to the police officer, some civilians inside the building who uh, just missed uh, getting hit. So uh, the CERT report uh, cleared the officers of, uh, certainly of criminal responsibility. Uh, it says that they knew that uh, Gabriel Wartman was wearing a reflective vest, that he was dressed as a police officer, had the replica police vehicle, and that because radio traffic was so heavy at the time, they were unable to get instructions or, or confirm the presence, and uh, so it didn't allow them to check with anyone. And in a key fact that was found uh, by Justice Cacchioni is that the officers yelled out instructions to the person they suspected as being Wartman to raise his hand, show their hands, but instead that the person ducked behind a police vehicle. So that's when uh, the report says they opened fire. So if this is true, if we take that all to be true, then this would be described perhaps as a, a terrible but understandable mistake by uh, perhaps inexperienced over-exuberant uh, officers. However, and that, and that is what the report concluded. Well, it didn't say inexperienced or over-exuberant, but uh, basically that's what it concluded, that it was a mistake. However, eyewitnesses have emerged, including neighbors, there were some houses uh, just surrounding this fire hall, and also two vehicles that passed by, including one uh, person who was driving a Toyota Prius, an electric vehicle that wasn't making any noise, had the windows down, and these eyewitnesses have, uh, and actually also an eyewitness or another witness was the deputy fire chief who, uh, who did a sort of a reenactment to show some of the sight lines and some of those problems. The eyewitnesses uh, say that no instructions were shouted out by these officers to the suspect. So that's one key uh, distinction or, or contradiction. And the deputy fire chief showed uh, a reporter how if you approach from the western side of the fire hall that the sight lines don't allow you to see in advance who's in the uh, fire hall parking lot uh, particularly to the detail that you would require to presume that's the killer that's uh, dressed as the right person and, and start uh, discharging your firearm so so there's some problems with uh, with both parts of the uh, accounts from the police officers. 
So there's certainly some contradictions there that the Mass Casualty Commission is going to need to resolve. Another thing that uh, I think is going to have to come up during the Commission hearings and wasn't mentioned at all in the CERT report is the aftermath. So the officers just left. Uh, there, although there's some allegation that they stayed for a while and parked out on the road and then left. But the report doesn't address this because if it was in fact Gabriel Wartman, then certainly the officers should have pursued the suspect. And if it wasn't, as it turned out it wasn't, well then they should have gone into the building to check on civilians, check on the other uh, you know, victims to make sure everybody was okay. None of that happened and none of that was explained either, so uh, that'll have to come up and be resolved in the Mass Casualty Commission hearing, certainly. There's another theory, and it's uh, arisen because there's a, a few other facts. One is that uh, Gabriel Wartman had, in fact, passed by that very spot about 10 to 12 minutes prior to these two police officers showing up. And also that the police officers seem to have taken the initial shots from a greater distance uh, than uh, you might expect from uh, a shootout. That they were behind cover uh, shooting through an LED light uh, stand that's uh, out at the roadway. This seems wild to imagine, but the allegation or the suggestion is that lines up with these facts is that these officers may have been told by somebody prior to arriving that Gabriel Wartman was there at the Onslow Fire Hall. And further, it seems also possible, and matches the facts known, that that person that informed them was uh, Gabriel Wartman himself. And now the police have denied that uh, Gabriel Wartman was uh, communicating with them or had any association with the RCMP, uh, but uh, signs seem to be pointing in that direction. There's other details uh, that I'm going to talk about in the next video dealing with the shooting at the Big Stop, uh, the final scene uh, from this incident that, that line up and, and connect some of these dots as well. Uh, we'll come back to that in a few days. So as I say, uh, thank you for listening and uh, we'll, we'll be back to talk more about the CERT reports uh, in a couple of days and we'll see you then.